Today is Friday, September 8th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. The Biden administration has now canceled the seven remaining oil and gas leases that are within the National Wildlife Refuge in Alaska, commonly referred to as ANWR. This move by Biden cancels the leases that were done under the Trump administration. The Associated Press is reporting that Biden may have canceled these leases after first enraging environmentalists when he approved an oil project in another part of Alaska, which is headed up by ConocoPhillips. That oil leasing is called the Willow Project and is currently embroiled in litigation from those who object to Biden's approval of it. Biden is blaming climate crisis as to why he must take urgent action when it comes to the natural wonders of Alaska and therefore cancel these leases in Anwar. Democrat Congresswoman Mary Patola from Alaska said she's deeply frustrated with the actions of the Biden administration in first approving the Willow Project and then canceling the Anwar leases. She says she'll continue to fight for Alaska's ability to explore and develop their own natural resources. And Republican Congressman Dan Sullivan of Alaska simply called the move a war on Alaska. The House Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic have now released more documents that they were able to obtain through a Freedom of Information Act from the Department of Health and Human Services. Those documents reveal that employees within the National Institute of Health, especially Anthony Fauci, used the insecure phone app from China called WeChat to communicate U.S. government business that's related to COVID-19. The subcommittee chairman, Brad Renstrup of Ohio, has sent a letter to HHS Secretary Javier Becerra demanding answers as to why U.S. government officials would use a platform known to be used as a surveillance tool by the Chinese Communist government. The subcommittee is seeking to find the full scope of how that app was used among NIH employees, and they even indicated that Fauci may have participated in a national security threat and that American taxpayers deserve answers on this issue. Donald Trump has informed a Georgia court that he is reserving the right to seek to move his criminal case in Fulton County, Georgia, to a federal court instead. The court filings were made this week. Trump's attorneys have 30 days to seek the removal of his case. Following the official arraignment, Trump waived his right to be physically present at the arraignment, which occurred last week. Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, has already requested that the trial against him be moved to federal court. Attorneys for Meadows argued that all their client did was set up meetings and phone calls for the president and election officials in Georgia following the 2020 election. And as such, Meadows was simply performing his duties as a federal employee. When it comes to the 2020 election, the state of Michigan has been in the news for the past four weeks or so due to reports coming from the Gateway Pundit about an investigation by Michigan police into voter registration fraud in Muskegon County, as was discovered by the county clerk. Now more whistleblowers in that state are coming forward and they're sharing the contents of a Facebook page that Michigan city and county clerks shared when it comes to election details and policies. On that Facebook page, one Michigan city clerk asked if other clerks were all getting last minute voter registrations from the secretary of state Jocelyn Benson's office. That clerk also revealed that the voter registrations that they were receiving were incomplete. Other clerks confirmed that they were getting the same thing and many were dated from months earlier. One clerk reported that she got 185 last-minute voter registrations from the Secretary of State the day before the election, while others received them on the day of the election. Many of these clerks and other residents have urged state lawmakers to amend election laws to eliminate this type of chaos, confusion, and to also clean up the voter rolls in that state. 
All of those amendments were defeated by a Democrat-controlled Michigan state legislature. When it comes to Democrat control in New York City, the Democrat mayor, Eric Adams, has insisted in the past that illegal immigrants should be welcomed into the U.S. and offered sanctuary. Now, this week, Adams has spoken before his city council, and he's insisting on something much different. Let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. A New York City teacher was given a legal victory by a court after he got fired during the height of COVID. Michael Caine and nine other teachers sued the state after they refused to get the COVID-19 vaccine and were fired from their jobs. Caine spoke about it on OAN News. It's a decent win for 10 of us, but it doesn't even scratch the surface for just the thousands of people whose constitutional and religious liberties were just stomped on. As a matter of fact, I I just got back from my school when I went. Uh, My principal was fantastic, but she said it's still under review. So they didn't take me in to actually work today. They might appeal, but it's still a landmark decision. It sets precedent that uh, we're, we're extremely excited about. Over in Hawaii, a former congresswoman for that state, Tulsi Gabbard, is blasting the U.S. government's response to residents of Lahaina who had their homes and livelihoods destroyed by fires on August 8th. Gabbard spoke on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's happened two or three times now where the Pentagon has said, oh, we miscalculated how much money we had set aside for Ukraine. So we have an extra four billion to send now that we didn't know we had. And this has happened a few times. Secretary of State Tony Blinken went to Kiev yesterday promising, hey, we're going to give you another billion now. And this is the thing. When I was out there in Maui, person after person was like, Tulsi, tell me what would happen if we started to call ourselves Ukraine? You think they would give us some money then mm. to take care of our families, right. to put to <laughs> fix our roofs, you know, yeah. that, that have been torn up by the hurricane winds that came through to make sure we have clean water to drink? You think they might pay attention to us then? These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. The state of Michigan is back in the news again regarding the 2020 election results and the details that continue to come out about massive voter registration fraud there. There's also another voter fraud documentary about to make a resurgence in the news. At noon this Friday, September 8th, Dinesh D'Souza, the director and producer of 2000 Mules, is going to offer that documentary for free to any and all viewers who want to watch it on his Twitter X social media account. The documentary will be free and on that site through Sunday, September 10th. D'Souza's Twitter X handle is simply Dinesh, the letter D, Souza, S-O-U-Z-A. 
Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbred of True the Vote contribute massive amounts of data that they acquired in their own research within swing states. It was the data obtained through geospatial tracking of cell phones, which established a pattern of mail-in ballot trafficking by nonprofits and Democrat activist groups within the swing states. The documentary by D'Souza goes on to piece together the evidence of organized mass voter fraud throughout the states of Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. Leading up to the free release of viewing this movie, D'Souza has made comments on his Twitter X account suggesting that Donald Trump should show 2,000 mules to any randomly selected jury in Fulton County, Georgia, or even Washington, D.C., so that he can get acquitted of the various charges that have been issued against him in the past few months related to him challenging the 2020 presidential results. After watching 2,000 mules this weekend, be sure to go to the Open Inc. website for further documentation that is available when it comes to the work of True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht, and Greg Phillips. There's also another read worth looking into at Open Inc., which is a multi-part series by Kanikiwa the Great, and it's titled Exposing America's Ballot Trafficking Cartel. Now, you can find that in the search bar once you drop down the document page from the upper right-hand corner of Open Inc.'s main page and type in that title. Remember, the main's website is open.inc. That's open.inc. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update.